Hi, this is Rabbi Dovi Ben Shushan from Congregation Magen Abraham, thanking you in advance for listening to the following Shi'ur Torah. With great Siyata Deshmaya, I'm really hoping that we'll be able to reach two points today. One is a very sensitive point, and the other, I think, is an incredible insight to a story that we've told so many times, and maybe today we can get a new clarity. The Gimaran Shabbat tells us something that every family, every Jewish religious home today is being challenged here in the United States. Like the great Rebbe Chanan Wasserman told us many years ago, and he wrote this in his book, Ikvita de Meshicha, that the greatest challenges is the generation right before the coming of the Mashiach. What challenge am I referring to? Well, Rabbi Hanun was known to write in Ikvitat Meshichah that there are going to be three signs right before the coming of Mashiach. Now, he said this in the 1930s. And if you're to hear this today, you'll think that his words are an absolute, complete prophecy. And they are. They're prophetic words. This is an area that we all need chizuk. Says Rabbi Hanun, three signs right before Mashiach comes. He says the first sign is that the isms of the world are all going to disappear suddenly. Now in his day, in the 1930s, a world of communism, socialism, fascism, that was literally the ruling forces of the world. Now to say then that the time is going to come where they're going to simply disappear, I mean that's an incredible statement, especially for that time. But today we live in that world. Today we live in a world where socialism is really... Fascism hopefully doesn't exist anymore. Communism is a joke from what it once was many years ago. And then the next point he says, the second sign right before the coming of Mashiach, is that there's going to be a war in Klal Yisrael over the lives and the souls of every Jewish kid. And today we see it. And the war is not between us and our kids, God forbid. The war is between us and the stream. And we're fighting for every Jewish soul. And if there was ever a time, I think today, we've never seen more than ever. The most wonderful of families. And how every family is fighting to keep their children good. And then the third sign, he says is the concept of time. That right before Mashiach comes, it's going to seem like time is flying. Literally, the example that he gives is like the voice that screams out to the hand that turns the wheel of time as if the voice is screaming, faster, faster, turn it quicker. Where is time gone? Where these days, years feel like months and months feel like a week or two and a week? You blink, and there we are, right back on Friday, and Shabbat is about to begin. It's amazing how these words of Rabbi Hanan today, they resonate in us. How we can feel it today, right before the coming of Mashiach. But it's that second point that I want to bring out today. We all need chizuk when it comes to the challenge of our kids. And here is something to give us somewhat of a chizuk. The Gimaran Shabbat tells us an eye-opener. The Gimaran tells us, that Hashem comes to Abraham Avinu 
And Hashem says, Abraham, Banecha Chatuli. Your children, they've sinned in front of me, the Jewish people have done Averot. So Abraham Avinu turns around and gives an answer that we wouldn't really expect him to give. His answer is, if that's the case, Yimachu al If that's the case, then Hashem, if they if they sinned, then they have to be punished. Borei Olam goes to Yaakov Avinu, says the Gemara. And he says, Yaakov Avinu, Banecha Chatuli. Your children sinned. Yaakov Avinu also gives a very surprising answer. He says, if that's the case, Yimachu al If they sinned, they have to be punished. Hashem says, wow. Not by the old one and not by the young one did I find what I was looking for. I was looking for someone to stand up and defend the Jewish people. Even in their state of sin. It's like very similar to a mother. (laughs) That our women, our righteous women, so many times has this amazing ability to still always find the good in each and every one of our kids. Hashem comes to the only of the Avot left, Yitzchak Avinu. And Hashem says, Yitzchak, Banecha Chatuli, your children sinned. And Yitzchak says, Boreolam, Banai, Velo Banecha. Now all of a sudden, they're my kids. <laughs> they're not your kids. You know, so we always say the joke every time where the husband comes home and the wife says, Do you know what your kid did today? Oh, now, now? Right? He got thrown out of school. Now it's my son, right? When he's cute and all that. Oh, that doesn't work. He has my eyes, my family. The minute he gets into trouble, you know what your son did? Says Yitzchak Avinu. Banai velo banecha. They're my kids. They're not your kids. Says Yitzchak Avinu Hashem. Let's analyze what's going on. Really. How much sin, how many averot, how many years are we talking already? What is the average lifespan of man? 70 years, 80 years. Says Yitzchak Avinu, half that time, a person is sleeping anyways. So you take the 70 years, right there you have it, the 35 years. And then you got to knock off a bunch of years because there's time that we need to eat. And then you got to knock off a bunch of years because there's time that we need to pray. And then you got to knock off a bunch of years because then there's time that we need to maintain ourselves and our cleanliness and our upkeep and so on. What are we down to? The Gemara says he came down to 12 and a half years. I'm saving you the Hezbollah. 12 and a half years. He says, this is what we're making a fuss over. Twelve and a half years of Averot. You know what? Hetzi, Hetzi. I'll take half. You take half. And let's call it a day. Forgive them. And if you're not ready to take half, says Yitzchak Avinu. Twelve and a half years. I'll take the whole thing, I'll lie. Because I have enough merit. Thanks to the Akedah Yitzchak. And I will be, resume and take the entire blow for the Jewish people. I'll pay the account. Forgive them. Boreolam says, oh, that's what I was waiting to hear. I was waiting to hear the great haggling and negotiating of Yitzchak Avin. And the Gemara says over there something that's really an eye-opener. The Gemara says that the final Geulah is going to be Bizchut Yitzchak Avinu. Amazing. 
I mean, no wonder why this past high holidays, if we remember the tefillot that we were praying, Roshana, Kippur, constantly we were reminding Hashem, remember the Akedah Yitzchak, remember, remember the Akedah, remember Yitzchak Avinu, because those unbelievable merit, it's limitless. It holds till today. And it's going to hold until the coming of Mashiach. That's how big it is. That's how big it is. Ladies, I want to ask you a question. The obvious question. Abraham Avinu. Yaakov Avinu. What happened? Only Yitzchak knew how to defend the Jewish people. What happened to Abraham? What happened to Yaakov? What, they couldn't stand up and negotiate? And you want to hear something funny? Abraham Avinu, when it came to Sodom, Hashem told him he's going to destroy Sodom. Abraham Avinu, the Isha Chesed, he got up and he started to haggle and negotiate with Borei Olam. Wait! Ulai! Yesh Hamishim! Ulai Yesh Arbaim! Ulai Yesh Shloshim! I mean, he went all the way down to nine. Plus Borei Olam. Abraham Avinu knows how to defend well. Abraham Avinu knows how to negotiate better than anyone I know. I want to tell you something very interesting. Forgive me for saying this, but recently someone showed me this brilliant book that was written by some CEO, a goy, teaching people skills of business. And when it came to the chapter on negotiation, do you know how he starts the chapter? I couldn't believe it. He opens up from Bereshit. He opens up the negotiation of Abraham Avinu negotiating with God to save Sedom Amora 50, 45, 40, 30. And he's showing you how Abraham Avinu's negotiation was the father of all the skills of negotiation that's taught in the world today. You believe that? Unbelievable. Yeah, I believe that. But the Goyim believe that too. Abraham can negotiate. And if that's the case, what happened? What happened by us? Hashem came to Abraham. Your children sinned. Sodom v'amorah, you know how to stand up for. But the Jewish people, what happened? And same thing with Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu was the Av HaTorah, the Amud HaTorah. We are the Bnei Torah. We all come from the line of the Torah of Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu. Why didn't you scream out the Zechuta Torah? Why didn't you try to defend us? Why only Yitzchak? And the answer is a powerful answer. And this is something that I hope is going to give us Chizuk. To continue and not to give up. There was a very powerful common denominator between Abraham and Yaakov. They both had sons that they ended up Questionably, let's look at it for a moment. Abraham had Yitzchak and Yishmael. Yishmael went bad. He went to Tarbut Ra. What did Abraham Avinu do? Yes, Sarah Imenu told him, Garesh et Abraham Avinu, his son went bad. He threw him out. And because of that, Abraham says, When my son sinned to me, I threw him out. Now if Hashem comes and says, His son sent to him, do I have a pitchon peh? Do I have a leg to stand on, to negotiate, to defend? Can I ask God to do more for His kids, which I did not do for my own? And because of that, Abraham said, 
I would be a hypocrite if I would begin to defend the Jewish people and ask God to have the mercy for his kids when I didn't show mercy for mine. Yaakov Avinu! Yaakov, when it came time to give the Berachot out, well, before Shimon Levi, they were only yelled at. But who was really Reuven? Reuven says, Yaakov Avinu to Reuven, he was so upset, it seems, that he threw him out of the Yerusha of Am Yisrael. Reuven, b'chori ata, kochi v'reshit oni, yeter se'et v'yeter az, pachaz kamayim, you ran like water, and you did something, alita, amishkeve avicha, you went up, and you switched the beds of your father, you took out the bed of the servant of, maid servant of Rachel, and instead you put your mother's bed in thinking you were right. You did something that was a terrible chutzpah. And because you sinned to your father, no longer are you going to have the melucha and the kehuna. That's right. Reuven was supposed to have the kings. Reuven was supposed to have also the kohanim. He was the bona fide bichor. The bichor. And he lost them both. Kings were given to Yehuda. Kehuna was given to Levi. You see, you can't come and tell me like someone wanted to say to me, Shabbat. No, Rabbi. Reuven wasn't a real Bechor. Yosef was the real Bechor. Yes, for the mother Rachel, he was the... But for Leah, Reuven was the Bechor. And Reuven was supposed to get the kings and the Kehuna. And the proof that it wasn't going to Yosef is when Reuven lost it, it wasn't given to Yosef. It was given to Yehuda. It was given to Levi. So take a look. Yaakov Avinu says, When my son sinned to me, I threw him out of the Yerusha. I didn't show mercy. So now, God is telling me that his son sinned to him. I should ask him to do something that I myself didn't do. And because of that, says Yaakov Avinu, I couldn't defend the Jewish people. There's only one that can defend the Jewish people. Yitzchak. Because we just read that Yitzchak Avinu. Yes, he had Yaakov, Ishtam, Yoshev Ohalim, but he also had an Esav Harasha. He also had an Esav Ishtzaid, Isadeh. And this Esav, oh boy! Do you think Yitzchak didn't know? He knew exactly who Esav was about. But nonetheless, he was Mekarev him. And he was Mekarev him. And he was Mekarev him. And he didn't throw him out. Says Yitzchak, I had a son of Rasha. And nonetheless, I didn't throw him out. I did everything I could do. And I didn't give up. Like the Pasuk says, Vayehav Yitzchak et Esav. He loved him. He showed him love no matter how difficult of a child he was. Says Yitzchak, Your children sin to you? We're in good company. I know what it is. I know exactly what you're going through. I lived a life with a son, Esav. But you know what, Borei Olam? I didn't throw him out. I didn't give up. I didn't let go at the unconditional love and I showed mercy. And I was Mekarev him and Mekarev him and Mekarev him. And no matter what, I didn't let go. And because of that, he did have an influence on himself. Maybe not a big one, maybe a little one. 
but an influence he had. Says Yitzchak Avinu, Hashem, if I was able to be sovel esav, you could be sovel the sins of the Jewish people. And that's why I'm the only one of the Avot who can actually stand up and defend and actually represent and negotiate the tshuva and yeshua of Klal Yisrael. And you know where it says this? It says it actually in the Pasuk. You, you ready for this? In the Pasuk it says it. It says in the Pasuk, Vayehav Yitzchak et Esav. Why? Kitzayid Befiv. Now the simple shot means, Ki, because, Tzayid Befiv. He put Tzayid. What is Tzayid? The catch. The catch, which is the food. He's a hunter. He put the catch in his mouth. It sounds like Kitzayid Befiv was talking about Esav. Esav put food in his father's mouth. Yitzchak, that's why he loved Esav. We're talking about Yitzchak Avinu. I have a better pshat. Vayehav Yitzchak et Esav. You know why Yitzchak loved Esav? Kitzayid Befiv. Because one day Yitzchak is going to have to catch with his mouth. He's going to have to be shrewd with his mouth. One day Yitzchak is going to have to negotiate a very shrewd deal. With who? With God. And because of that, Yitzchak had to love Esav so that one day he can negotiate with Saeed Befiv and convince Hashem that he has to love us unconditionally. No matter if we sinned or not. He has to take us back. He has to bring a Gitwula. He can't give up on us the same way he, Yitzchak, did not give up on himself. What a shot. And ladies, I'm hoping that this should give all of us, every one of us, Chizuk, the biggest challenge today is with our kids. Like Rabbi Hanan Wasserman told us, right before the coming of Mashiach, there's going to be a war in Am Yisrael. And the war is over the nefesh, the neshamot of every Jewish child. It's a war between us and the streets. It's the war between us and social media. It's the war between us and the exposure of what our kids are being exposed to today. Such a young age. And I want to prove to you that no matter if you think you're succeeding or not, you are. Whether you think so or not, you are. Can I prove this? I can prove it. There is one mitzvah in 613 that Esav surpassed Yaakov Avinu. Kibbutz Avayim. Do you know that the Gemara, there's a Mishnah in Mesechet Berachot that talks about the great Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel was from the dynasty of David, of David HaMelech. He was royalty. He was considered like the king in the exiles, in the Gola. Rabban Gamliel writes that his kibbutz Avaim was so amazingly great. It was the greatest of the generation. And yet it didn't come to the strings of the shoe of Esav, the toes of Esav. And he begins to show the parallel as you read the Mishnah over there. And he shows. He says, when I would go to serve my father, I would go in regular clothing. Esav would go to serve his father and he would put on Bigdeh Shabbat in order to just bring food to serve his father to eat. When I 
I would go to serve my father. I would go to say the Divrei Torah, Rabban Gamliel, and the rabbis. Esav would go and ask his father for his Divrei Torah to make him feel good that he's learning from him the Torah that he has to offer. And he shows this whole concept of all the differences of the Mepharshim. Esav was a giant in Kibbut Ava'im. He was probably one of the greatest of Kibbut Ava'im who ever lived. How and why? Really, why? I mean, look, look at the Ten Commandments. He could have picked anyone he wanted. He could have picked, ah, I don't know, Lotignov, maybe Esav, the biggest murderer in the world. But one thing, he didn't steal. Maybe, could have. He could have been the biggest murderer and killer, but he wasn't jealous. He didn't lie. You ask him, Esav, you're going to kill me? He would say, yes. <laughs> he doesn't lie. He could have picked anything. He could have picked Tefillin. He could have picked Mezuzah. He could have picked the Lulav and Etrog. He, he could have picked any. Why did he pick Kibbut Avaim? You know why I think? It's just my, my feeling, my trap. Why I think he picked Kibbut Avaim to be the giant in this area over anything else? Because he had a father who wouldn't give up. And he was so inspired. Look at this guy, he said to himself. He doesn't give up on me. No matter what I throw at him. He just doesn't give up. He's still letting me into his life. He's still giving me love. He's still giving me time. He's still giving me TLC. He's not giving up on me. How could you not love such a father? It was the inspiration of his parents that made Esav the great black belt in Kiburave. You hear where I'm going with this? He didn't pick this. He wasn't interested in any of the 613 mitzvot. It's not like someone came and gave Esav a magic wand and told him, make one wish, one mitzvah, make it yours, and get out of here, I'm a hunter. Isadeh, Isaid, Rasha. He goes and he marries Ishmael's daughter. He goes and marries everybody's daughter. Esav had wives like, uh, like he had animals. Why did he pick this? The answer is he didn't pick it. it. It was the one area that he was inspired. And when Esav gets inspired, he becomes bigger than Yaakov. Psh, wow. Why was he inspired? Because he had parents. He had a father who wouldn't give up. And because of that, Yitzchak Avinu inspired Esav to the concept of a love from a parent which Esav gave back as a respect of a son. And that enabled Yitzchak Avinu to be the one and the only one to defend the Jewish people at the time that we needed it the most. Says Yitzchak, Hashem, cannot be that the mercy of a human being will surpass the mercy of God. If I was able to be Sovel, my kid, with everything he put me through, then Hashem, you could be Sovel, your children, no matter what Chataim they did. Twelve and a half years! Big deal. Alai. I'll take it. Half and half. Forgive them. Says Boreal, that's what I want today. That's a tremendous midah. And we are being tested Today, in this area, something beyond words.
I uh, I got I got three phone calls last week. Last week was a real doozy. I got three phone calls. I, I can't obviously. I don't want to tell you what they were about, but I, I my heart I cry. Mamish, I couldn't sleep last week on this. Oh, I'm seeing so many people going through today, and the area we're getting hit the hardest is the kids. It's unbelievable. And we have to pray. We have to daven with our Hashem. Help us. Help us to give us the strength to do the right thing. To show them that we love them unconditionally and that we're giving them everything we can possibly do. It's so difficult. But at the end of the day, your efforts will pay off. Whether you feel you're succeeding or not, your efforts will pay off. I'd like to bring out another point and I feel that this is something very powerful ladies and then we'll call it a day but the point I'm about to bring now is really the purpose of the entire world why did Hashem create this world? it was the purpose to have a world so that we can have a Jewish people so that the Jewish people can accept the Torah by Har Sinai. It was a world that Hashem, the great Metiv, the great giver of good, would be able to be able to give the best of all good to man. Hashem just wants to give good. But He doesn't want to give us good in a way that's not perfect. Because Hashem is perfect. And everything He does is perfect. And therefore, when He comes to give good, it has to be in the most perfect of ways. So He created a world where He can give good in the way of reward. In a way that you'll be challenged. And when you beat the challenge, and you rise above the challenge and succeed, you earned the reward. That is a reward that's perfect, not a handout. Where am I going with this? I'd like to tell you. Because I think that this is going to shed such a light. This week I don't have to tell stories. Because this week the greatest story of history has been told. And I'd like to retell it in a way with the depth of Chazal. Like maybe we never heard it before. Yaakov Avino. His mother comes and tells him quickly. Esav. He was just sent out to go get a catch to bring back to his father to get the greatest blessings of all history. You have to move fast. Yaakov, you need to go in and grab the blessings from your father first. You're the Bechor! You bought the Bechorah from Esav. Yaakov, go in and get the blessings from Yitzchak before Esav comes back. Yaakov says, avi. Maybe my father will touch me and he'll know that I'm a sketch. It's Yaakov, it's not Esav. Turns around, Rifkan says, No. On me is your kilalot going to be. Not on you. By the way, if you want to hear a beautiful pshat, the word alai says, actually stands for the tsarot that Yaakov Avinu is going to go through. Alai, which spells out, well, Yud is Yosef, Lamid is Lavan, and Ayin is Esav. Unbelievable. Alai is Kilat Chabini. Your Kilalot is going to be the word Alai. Esav, Lavan, Yosef. That's genius to Vilna Gaon, how we pulled that out of the air. Unbelievable. Nonetheless, 
she tells her son, Come, take the coat of Esav. She puts him on the coat of Esav. Now if he touches you, he feels you, he'll think it's Esav. What's going on here? Really, what's happening? She sends him in. Yaakov Avinu comes in. He brings his father, Shnei Gida'e the way his mother prepared it. Says Rashi, that night was Pesach, the night of the greatest blessings. Shnei Gida'e was Korban Pesach and Korban Chagiga. Unbelievable. Yaakov sat down with his father Yitzchak to have a Pesach Seder. You can have a Pesach Seder with Esav and not know it's Yaakov. The first question, it's over. What's going on here? This makes no sense. Did Yitzchak know it was Yaakov or not? I need a straight answer. What's going on here? What is this whole unbelievable charade? Did it really go down the way we were taught in first and second and third grade? Was it really? Or maybe not. This is Yaakov Avinu. Titen emet li Yaakov. This is the emet. The Baal HaEmet. In a disguise. In somebody else's coat. And sure enough, Yitzhak Avinu says, How do you get so fast? How do you come back that quick? Yaakov answers, Hashem, <laughs> he, he, he helped me. He got me back with the catch as quick as what? Hashem, who Hashem, who are you? Miata, says Yitzhak. Hakol kol Yaakov. What's going on here? This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Did Yitzchak know yes or no? Ladies, forgive me, but I very much want to push the point that Yitzchak Avinu was Yitzchak Avinu. And just like he knew everything that was going on with Esav, at that moment he knew good and well that this was Yaakov Avinu. And I'd like to prove it to you with a new story, with a new omek, with a depth of a story that is so beautiful that only Hashem can weave such a magnificent concept, such a story of the Torah. I have a very big question I need to ask you. I'm not going to keep you long. Right after Yaakov Avinu leaves, Esav walks in and Esav says, Abba, I'm here. Get up, eat and bless. Oh, now you're talking like Esav. Get up, eat, bless. That's it. It's like literally you look at the Goyim. Get up, eat and sleep. Zehu, that's it. What else do you want? Where else is life? Just do it. Yaakov Avinu says, who are you? Esav. You're Esav? Who was the last guy? Oh, says Esav, Billy Bo. Wait, when my father dies, I'm going to kill Yaakov. Why when his father dies? Keep it up him. While his father's alive, he's Betty White. When my father dies, oh, there you go. Finally, Esav breaks down and he starts to cry. And he tells his father, it has to be that you still have blessings left for me. Says Yitzchak, nope, out of stock. What? What are you talking about? What do you mean out of stock? Well, wait, just because you gave blessings to one son means you can't give any blessings anymore to another son? 
You ever see some families Friday night? The father has, it looks like the little munchkins, you know, those dolls with the mother thing and the little and the little and the little and the little. They go, they line up in size order and they come to the father right after Kiddush and each one gets beautiful blood. Well, can you imagine the father turns to the second and gets sorry. I gave your older brother blessing. I, I, uh, add a stock. Chalas. It's uh, all done. I have no blessings left. What do you mean no blessings left? You imagine, you ever go to Chaim Kanievsky's house? Shalita, you have a line of people all the way down the block. A guy walks up to Reb Chaim and says, I need a blessing, a biracha harav, for parnasa. He says, oh, I give you a biracha, buha, parnasa. The next guy comes in, I need a biracha for parnasa. Says Reb Chaim, no, sorry, I just gave it to the last guy. You came a minute too late. What is one guy, what is, you gave the birachot Yaakov, what does Esav have to do with this? Says Esav, Hazal Baruch, he gave him Beracho. Give me Beracho, what's the problem? No, I can't give you nothing. Oh. Vayitzak, Esav, Tseaka, Gidola, Umara, Ad Meod. Says Rashi, here's where the tears started to drop. The first tear dropped, there goes the Bayit Rishon. The second tear dropped, says Medrash. By it shining. The third tear was dangling. Says Yitzchak, stop, 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 stop. We need the third Beit HaMikdash. Don't let that tear drop. Wait. wait. Oy, oy, how we suffered for those two and a half tears of Esav. We gave once a did Asha years ago on Tisha B'Av. The title was two and a half tears. Of what we went through because of those two and a half tears. Oy. Dangling. Says Yitzchak, I'll give you a blessing. Al-Khar Till now you were a killer, tomorrow you'll be a killer too. Where's the blessing? He, was a, he just killed Nimrod for the famous jacket. He killed his whole life, Esav. He was a killer. Guess what? You're going to be doing this for a long time. That's the blessing. What's going on here? We have so many questions that need to be answered. Ladies, I'm going to make this short and quick because I don't want to take over your time. In the beginning of creation, the tachlit of the world, Hashem wanted one magnificent partnership. The perfect equilibrium and balance of the world's existence. And that was what? Torah. Adam Arishon. He was putting on Eden. Le'ovda u'lishomra. Says the Targum Yonatan ben Uziel. Le'ovda u'lishomra. What is Eden doing on Eden? Gan Eden was perfect. Gan Eden was on automatic pilot. Everything grew by itself, harvested by itself, flew by itself. Nothing needed to be touched. It was so perfect that if you would touch it, you would take away from the perfection, not add. So what did Adam have to do? Says Targum Yonatan ben Israel, you know what it means that God told Adam, go into Gan Eden, le'ovda u'lishomra, le'ovda u'lishomra, le'ovda u'lishomra, Torah u'mitzvot. That's what God told him. Adam was the first guy in Kolel. He sat in Gan Eden and learned Torah day and night. That was his job. Your job is le'ovda, to work the Torah and to be shomer the mitzvot. That's his job. But one second. Who's supporting? Who's helping? Hashem says, I gave you the greatest of all butlers of time. I gave you the nahash. And if you take a look at the Gemara Sukkah, 
The Gemara talks about that after the sin, if man would know how great of a butler, of a shamosh, of a messiah, of a helper, you know what this Nachash did? He did everything. Mamash. He stood by Adam in a tuxedo with a little bow tie, with a towel wrapped around his arm, and anything Adam needed, he got in a moment's time. Adam needed to go anywhere, and the Nachash would put Adam on his back and would carry him. Adam would have to walk. Would carry him from place to place. He would bring him the food. He would clean him. He would take care of him. This was the quintessential butler of time. You couldn't build a robot like this, Nahash. He was perfect. Perfect. And this was a system that was perfection and the world's tachlit. One was going to learn and one was going to support and take care. Together, you have the yin-yang of, un- of history. You have the perfect equilibrium and balance of the way it was meant to be. Ruchniut, gashmiut, in a perfect sink, in perfect sink. Until the Nahash said, wait one second. Ma'ani fryer, what am I? I'm going to work day and night, and this guy's going to sit and learn? Zelofer. By the way, this is Hebrew. <laughs> this isn't fair. What's going on here? This guy sits and learns Torah, and I got a schwitz, and I got to do all the work? No way. You know what? Let him work. I'll sit and learn. Said the Nachash with the jealousy. I want to be the tachlit of the world. I don't want to be second fiddle. And because of that, the Nachash found a way through Chava to seduce her, to get to Adam, to bring down Adam through his jealousy, through his diabolical, terrible plan. And look what it did to the world. Says Boreolam, ah, now I got to kick you out of Gan Eden because the plan was sabotaged. So we got to try again. Let's try again. Adam has two sons. Cain, Hevel. Hevel, Milashon, Hevle. You ever hear the Hevle Pihem Shal Tzadikim, Hevle Pihem Shal Tinokotro Betraban? Hevel. Hevel means Hevle Pihem. The discussing of the words of Torah. Hevel sat and learnt Torah. And Cain, Milashon Kinyan, Kinyan means to buy and to sell. He was the one that was the businessman that was going to support. So again, round two. Maybe we can get it right this time. Cain, Hevel. Hevel sits and learns. Cain is supporting. There was only one problem. Cain was terribly cheap. And Cain was terribly jealous. Again, it goes back to the jealousy. The moment the two korbanot was brought, Cain was infuriated. I'm supporting you, and you outdid me? I'm the one that's supporting you, and you bring a better korban than me? You don't bite the hand that feeds you! Cain got so infuriated, he killed and murdered Hevel. The first murder of history. And there we go. Round two, the tachlit of the world, sabotaged again. Finally, says Borealah, whoa, 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 what are we going to do? We need to fight, we got to make this work. You know what? We're going to start with the Jewish people. Abraham Avinu! Ah, the great Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu, the Ishches said, he has two sons. Yitzchak, Ishmael. Now, Ishmael was Rovek Hashat. He was an expert archer. He knew how, he knew very well how to hunt. He knew how to supply. 
how to support that this was supposed to be a perfect system. Yitzchak was going to sit and learn Torah from his father, Abraham Avinu, Yom Valayla, and Yishmael was going to support. And together, they were going to be two halves of a perfect partnership. Until, come Sarah Imenu, Garesh et ha'ama This boy, Yishmael, keep him away from my son. He's a bad influence. Not only isn't he here to enhance my son's learning, he's bringing him down. Get him out of here! Abraham Avinu didn't want to throw him out. You see, until Hashem told him to listen to your wife, which we have to understand what that means. But nonetheless, until that point, we had a good system. And now, sabotaged. Ishmael is gone. He becomes, instead of the helper, he becomes the enemy of the Jewish people. So where are we going to get this tachlit straight? Later on, it finally works by the children of Yaakov Avinu, Yisachar, and Zebulun. Finally, finally, we found that proper balance and the tachlit of the world. But up until that point, we try on a third time. It's strike, I don't even know what we're up to. Strike three, strike four, I don't know, whatever we're at. Yitzchak Avinu! He has two sons. This time it was going to have to work. This time it was bound to work. Yitzchak Avinu has Yaakov and Esav. This time it started from the womb. We wanted this to work so badly that it actually began from the mother's stomach. The Midrash tells us that there in Rivka's stomach they made the deal between them. Yaakov, Esav. And Yaakov said to Esav, which one do you want? You want Olam Azba? Olam Hazeh. Esav says, what's Olam Abba and what's Olam Hazeh? Yaakov says, I'll tell you, no problem. Olam Hazeh? Yesh Ochel. Yesh Nashim, Yesh Averot, Yesh Ta'avot. He says, oh, that sounds good. What's Olam Abba? Olam Abba? En Ochel, ve'en Nashim, ve'en Averot, ve'en Ta'avot, Ishmael says that's a no-brainer. Esav, it's a no-brainer. Sign me up. Where do I sign? Esav grabs Olam Hazeh. Ish Sadeh. Olam Hazeh. Yaakov grabs Olam Abba. Ishtam, Yoshev Ohalim. The deal was done in the mother's stomach. And that's why when the Malach came to learn Torah with Yaakov, Esav was not interested. That's not what I signed up for. I'm not supposed to be the one learning Torah. I'm the one that's getting Olam Hazeh. I'm the one that's supporting Torah. And therefore, I have no interest. You go learn. I'll give you what to eat. Shalom al Yisrael. Leave me alone. That's my part. And the deal was consecrated in the stomach. That's what Yaakov Avinu later on says. Mechrek kayom et pechorat Kayom means like the day. Like the day we were in the stomach that we agreed. I learn, you support. At that point, ladies, an amazing thing took place. The Tosafot explains to us that Yaakov Avinu, and Rashi says this, Yaakov Avinu was really conceived first. The first fetus in the stomach of Rivka was Yaakov. Esav came in second. And Tosafot says something amazing. Tosafot says that in truth, Yaakov Avinu was going to come out first. He was in first. Rashi gives us two answers. It's like if you take a cup and you put the first ball in and the second ball, and then you turn it upside down, the second one comes out first. That's why Esav was coming. But Tosafot says something else. Listen to this. 
He writes that Yaakov said to Esav, being that you agreed to be the supporter of Torah, that entitles you to be the Bechor. Because the halacha is that the next one in line, after the father, with the obligations to support the family, is the firstborn boy, the Bechor. So if you're ready to be the supporter, then you have a right to be the Bechor. And because of that, Yaakov Avinu stepped aside and told Esav, Tfadal, the door is open after you, sir. Esav comes out. As Esav is coming out, as the Bechor, you know what Targum Yonatan ben Uziel writes? Something beyond our imagination. Writes Targum Yonatan ben Uziel, Esav was coming out of his mother's womb, and that moment, you know who shows up? The Nachash. And the Nachash says to Esav, Oh no. Don't let them trick you into doing what they tried to get me to do for Adam. Now this is a little uh, rendezvous. A little, uh, you know, deja vu. That's right. It's a rendezvous that was built on a deja vu. That's what I was trying to say. Because Yaakov is the Gilgul of Adam Arishon. And Esav was the Tum'ah of the Nachash. So we're having a literally a history repeating itself all over again. Where here we try to get the Nachash and Adam back together in the original plan of the Tachlit of the world. And maybe this time we can finally get it to work. No! Comes the Nachash, says, Targum Yonatam, and he says to Esav, Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't support Torah. You work hard. What, are they going to make you like they tried to do to me? No way! And at that minute, the Targum writes that the Nachash, actually there was a little, like a symbol of a snake on the hip of Esav. Demonstrating that he was just bitten by the poison, the sheker, of the Nachash, convincing him not to support Yaakov's Torah the way he didn't support Adam. At that moment, Esav turned around and told Yaakov, Deal is off! Yaakov says, What? He grabs him by the heel. Get back in here. If that's the case, I'm the Bechor. The only reason why I gave you the open door policy, the Bechor, you can go out first, is because you committed to support. And that's the role of the Bechor. But now that you're backing out on the deal and you're not going to support, then I am the real Bechor. So he grabbed him. Ladies, where did he grab him? Akev. Why did he grab him by the Akev? What is the part of the body that the Nachash always bites at? Akev. He realized that he was bitten by the Nachash. He realized that Esav was about to do to him what the Nachash did to Adam. So he grabbed him by the Akev, by the place that the snake poisons man. He realized what just went down. He tried to pull him back. It was too, too late. And Esav comes out. How did Esav come out? Kulosair. He didn't look like a baby. He didn't look like an infant. He looked like a miniature man. Because he was already literally given the tools to do his job. His job was to work and support Torah. So he came out like a little man, ready to work. He came out with a toolbox like Bob the Builder. You know, he came out, he was already running. He was like, just, just, just point me in the direction. He wasn't an infant. Chazal described Esau like a little man. He came out literally like a man. He was covered in hair from head to toe. Esau came, uh, Yaakov came out chalak. Yaakov came out with a growth process. Because Torah is all about growth. 
church was about. They were made perfectly for their jobs. Because this is really what their essence was about. Esav's essence was to work to support Torah. Yaakov's essence was to grow in Torah. Ish Ohalim. Ish Tab. Yoshev Ohalim. Esav is out. And sure enough, what does the Pasuk say? Esav was Ish Sadeh. Ish Said. He knew how to catch a catch. Kitsaid Befiv says Targum Yonatan Murizael, he would put Said, he would put the catch and food in the mouth of his father, Vilo Befiv Shal Yaakov. But he would refuse to feed Yaakov. And Yaakov was on his own. He was on his own. And then the fateful day took place where Esav comes back from the field, Ayef. And he tells Yaakov, Haliteni na min ha'adom ha'adom azek yanem ki ayef anochi. Feed me, says Yaakov. Sure. You want me to feed you? Well, one second, let me get this straight. We made a deal that you broke. That you were supposed to feed me. I was supposed to learn. Now the feeder wants to be fed. What happened here? How did these tables turn? Chutzpah of you, Esav. You're supposed to be supporting me. And now you want me to support you? Esav says, you're right. If I'm not supporting you, then what business do I have holding the Bechora? The only reason why you gave it to me was because I agreed to support. But then when I backed out of the deal, you're right. You know what? Here it is. It's yours. Because you're supporting yourself anyways. And now that you have that bowl of uh, Adashim and I'm hungry, I want you to support me. So you know what, Yaakov? You're the Bechor now. You feed. I'm hungry. Feed me. Haliteni now. Pour it down my throat. Yaakov says, deal, but this time on paper. Let's do it right. Michrek kayom, not hayom, kayom, like the day, like the day back in the stomach that we were together and we made this deal. Now let's really make it for real. Now let's really consecrate the deal. Let's make this for real. And sure enough, the deal was made. Now Yaakov Avinu is the Bechor and he's at the same time the Ben Torah. You know what that means? Now he's wearing two hats. He's wearing the hat of the learner and the hat of the supporter. Both in the same guy. And that's why 14 years he goes to the yeshiva of Shem Ever, And 21 years he's going to go to Lavan to work and work day and day in, day out. And being tricked 50 times. That's what the world is. Out there in the business world. It's a jungle. You have to hear these guys come out. They come back to me, Rabbi. If I would have known what the world out there was about. If I would have known the jungle that's out there, the sharks that are out there, I would have stayed in high school for another five years. I didn't appreciate the days in high school. I was edging and dying to get out. And now that I got out, I'm dying to go back. The sharks out there. And because of that, Yaakov Avinu now, he has to support himself and learn at the same time. And this is the amazing saga of the Berachot, ladies. Listen to this and I'll let you go. Yaakov Avinu is told by his mother Rivka, Yaakov, Esav doesn't deserve the Berachot. He's not the Bechor. You, Yaakov, you're doing both jobs. You're doing the Torah learning and...
and the support of the Bechor. You deserve both blessings. The blessing of Shamaim and the blessing of Aretz. The blessing of Olam Hazeh and the blessing of Olam Haba. You deserve them both because you're doing both jobs single-handedly. And therefore, you need to go in now like both Yaakov and Esav. Put on his coat. Yaakov Avinu, wearing the coat of Esav. Do you know what a lavush is, a coat? The lavush is auxiliary to the person it wraps itself around. Clothing is here to serve the body of the person who's wearing it. Lavush, Esav. Esav was meant to be the lavush of Yaakov. He was meant to be the clothing to help along Yaakov's learning. But now that Esav is out, Yaakov is doing the learning and the supporting, learning and working. Now Yaakov is wearing the lavush. Put on Esav's clothing. Yaakov Alvinu wearing Esav's jacket. That's the Yaakov who's doing two jobs. The job of Yaakov of Torah and the job of Esav of support. He comes into his father and his father feels him and says, Oh, now I see. Says Yitzchak Avinu, Hakol Kol Yaakov. This is the Kol Torah of Yaakov Avinu. The Hayadaim and the Parnasa. What's Yadaim? Yadaim. Yadaim is the Parnasa, the support. Why do we wash our hands before we eat bread? You know what the Kabbalah writes? You know what Nachman Rebreslov says? Amazing idea. He says we wash the hands to remind us that people get carried away thinking it's their hands that make their living. No, 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 no. Before you eat your bread, wash those hands. Remind yourself that it has nothing to do with your hand. It's all Hashem. The Hayadaim and the support, the Parnassah, Yideh Esav. Look, Yaakov Avinu is now both. He's Kol Kol Yaakov, he's learning Torah, and the Yadaim Yideh Esav, and he's also doing the support that Esav was supposed to do, and now Yaakov Avinu is doing that too. Yaakov in the code of Esav. The Ben Torah that's learning and supporting himself simultaneously. What a difficult job. But yet, Yaakov Avinu. Amazing. And because of that, what's the blessing that Yitzchak gives him? Did Yitzchak know who? Of course Yitzchak knew who it was. He smelled the Rech of Gan Eden. Is that coming from Esav? So what happened? He gives him the blessing. Now that you're doing both jobs, you're learning and you're working, you're learning and you're supporting, I have to give you the blessings of both. Till now you were going to get the blessing of Shamayim. Esav Isadeh was going to get the blessing of Aretz. But now that you're doing both jobs, you get both blessings. And if that's the case, once he gave Yaakov the blessing of Shamayim and the blessing of Aretz, there's nothing left to give Esav. Nothing in this world is justified in its existence if it doesn't have a connection to Torah or the support of Torah. Esav, now you're out. You have no job left to play. If we can't give you a role in the play, you're not going up on stage. We have nothing to give you. You have no chelik left. Esav comes running in. Abba, give me a beracha. Says Yitzchak Avinu. I have nothing left to give you. I already gave both berachot to Yaakov. Because he's doing his job and your job. 
Esav starts to cry. There has to be a reason for my existence. There has to be something to justify my existence in this world. Yeah, Yitzchak says, okay, wait, hold the tears back. I have an idea. Your first tear destroyed the first Bet HaMikdash. Your second tear destroyed the second Bet HaMikdash. Suddenly, I have a blessing for you. Instead of being the supporter of Torah, now you're going to be the nemesis of Torah, the enemy of Torah. You're going to be the one that when Torah is up, you're down. But when the Torah is down, you're going to be up. You, Esav, you're going to torture the children, the Bnei Torah of Yaakov. You're going to torture them to find out how much they're committed to Torah in the Galut. You also now have a Shaykhut to Torah, but not like what you could have and should have had to support Torah. Now you became the challenger of Torah. You're the enemy of Torah now. What a story. What an amazing concept. The whole world evolves around the Torah and the Jew. Nothing can exist without some shaykhut to Klal Israel, Torah, the Jewish people. And because of that, the blessings, both the blessings of Shamayim and Aretz, it begins and it ends with the Torah. We should be zochet to those blessings. And we should be zochet to the blessings in our sons and our daughters and in our families to be able, Bezat Hashem, to have that moment, like Rabbi Hanan told us, right before the coming of Mashiach, that we could win this war to get our kids back. We can win this war as time is flying. The isms are gone. We're here by the brink. It's now just a matter of Torah and time. Thank you for listening, lady. Thank you for listening. This is Rabbi Dovi Ben Shushan from Congregation Magen Abraham. Please tune in every week on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Have a great week. Shabbat Tov.